1: G'day, mates. It's B Buster here. So, before the episode begins, I would just like to say a huge thank you to CastBox for helping me make the CastBox original, Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, and you can find all of your favourite podcasts there. Personally, I think CastBox is the best podcasting platform out there – And I hope you guys check it out, because I think you'll be surprised at just how much variety they have, and how user-friendly their app is. Anyway guys, thanks for listening, and without further ado, let's begin. Oranges, by M59GaR. We were at the bar for Connor's 22nd birthday when the world first began to fall apart. It started with an absurdly small detail. I ordered two blue moons for us, like always, but he picked the orange slice off the rim of his glass with a frown. I looked down at the one on my glass and asked, Something wrong? His frown momentarily changed to a look of disgust. Man, I hate oranges. That was odd, since it had been our ritual since his 21st birthday to always get that brand together when we were out at the bar because fruit's good for you. Therefore, this beer is healthy. But it was his birthday, and I guess that he could do what he wanted, so I didn't ask about it. Rebecca, however, had already had a few. She cut past the group conversation to proclaim, But isn't Orange the healthiest part? Connor shook his head. No way, oranges are gross. Across the table, Dan said, oranges are great, man. They're nature's candy. Rebecca's older sister, Shannon, was with us that night, and she counted. nah, beats are nature's candy. When we stared at her blankly, she asked, Doug, you know, the Nickelodeon show, Doug, with the dog, Porkchop, Best Friend Skeeter... Everyone in that world loved Beats. When we only vaguely recalled the show that she was talking about, she threw her hands out in defeat. Near us, an older regular was watching a television above the bar. He sneered. Man, I'll tell you what's wrong with this country. It's them. He pointed at the screen. I hate them. Around him, fellow regulars cheered and grinned with pride. He held his hands up high and said, Round of shots for the whole bar. On me. And that was all I really remembered of the first night things began to unravel. After that, my memories got blurry and I woke up under a villainous beam of sunlight with an overwhelming nausea and a killer headache. My first mighty act of willpower was to close the blinds and hide us from the monstrous sun. Dan was on the floor of my room, under my computer table, and Rebecca was in the hallway, swaddled in every single blanket the house had to offer. With relief, I saw that Connor was propped up on his bed by an array of pillows that kept him on his side. A trash can below him was filled halfway up with vomit, and Shannon sat in the corner on her phone. Upon seeing me, she said, ''Ah, does your head hurt?'' Good. He's all yours now. I'm going home and going to sleep. I was left to take care of the birthday boy, which admittedly was much easier now that he was half awake. The one thing I did ask him during his stupor was, Hey, do you really hate oranges? Always have, man. He groaned and I was left feeling as if our roommate ritual for the entire last year had been some weird sort of a lie that he'd grown tired of carrying on. I stewed on that feeling for the rest of the day. What if he didn't really consider me a friend? What if he was just humouring me because we were roommates? It felt as if my entire position in the group was in jeopardy, as if the way I thought of myself was under threat. It was a gnawing, lonely and terrible feeling that kept me up all Sunday night. On Monday, I drank coffee and sat morosely at my computer. This was my first job after graduation and I was finding it unfulfilling. Did we even do any real work? While my co-worker spent most of the day huddled around a meeting room television watching the news, I could only think about the orange issue. By the end of the workday, I decided to cave. I was the first one at the bar that evening, and Dan sat next to me about 20 minutes later. He looked at my stout and said, No blue moon today? I, uh, hate oranges. I lied with a grimace. To my surprise, he said, Yeah, me too. that was weird. Didn't you say that they were nature's candy? (laughs) Not even close. He looked to be rather offended by this. Oranges are the highest carrier of diseases among all fruits and vegetables. Mortified, I asked. Seriously? He folded his arms. Yep, absolutely disgusting fruit. That was a bold enough claim that I put down my stout and picked up my phone. After a few searches, I began to grow, very confused. Citrus greening? Citrus canker? Citrus black spot? Gross. Sweet orange scab? How have I never heard of these diseases before? The pictures were horrifying too. Ah, oh, but wait. These only affect oranges. They're not dangerous to humans. Dan just shrugged. Yeah, science says a lot of things are safe, then suddenly they find out that they're not. I'm not eating anything that looks like that. I didn't agree with him, but the images had still unsettled me. Maybe there was a reason to avoid oranges after all. The rest of the gang showed up soon after, but the disturbing images, they never truly left my awareness. Later that night, as we all spilled out on the Uber in front of my place, we were laughing and joking around as normal, and I was starting to feel a little better. I'd overblown the whole issue, really. There was nothing to worry about. These people didn't secretly hate me, and I did belong. Across the street, one guy began yelling angrily at another, and the Uber pulled away. Removing the barrier between our group and the guys. We saw them push each other, scream back and forth, and then begin trading punches even. This was a nice college-age neighbourhood where nothing of the sort had ever happened before. What were they thinking? We just stared until they noticed us. Abruptly, they stalked off and returned to their separate houses, next to each other. Apparently, they were neighbours... How ridiculous, Connor said with a laugh before leading us inside. We'll have to make sure not to invite them over next time that we have a party. He didn't seem to be in any sort of deceptive or bad mood, so once we're all sitting around the kitchen table drinking water, I took the opportunity to ask him about what had been bothering me. Yeah, I do hate oranges, he told me. You'll never catch me eating the damn things. They're like the biggest carrier of diseases among all fruits and vegetables. Never? I joked. What about the last year of us getting blue moons? He tilted his head at that. I never get that beer. It comes with an orange slice and I hate oranges. That was when it finally occurred to me that something was seriously wrong. Either with my memory or with the world. No longer smiling, I said. We've been getting that beer every time we got out since your birthday last year, when that hot girl that night thought that your joke about it being healthy was hilarious. His expression darkened. That never happened. I don't drink Blue Moon. That's how I remember it. I insisted, flatly. Well, then, your memory's messed up, he retorted. Growing strangely angry. He balled up a fist between us. I never drink that shit. I never have. You stop saying that shit now. Oranges are disgusting. Rebecca and Dan watched us in awkward silence. I figured I had one more back and forth within the bounds of politeness, and I decided to make it count. Dan, you remember us getting the orange slices with our beer, don't you? Dan stiffened in his chair. Don't bring me into this. I hate oranges too. Always have. I wouldn't hang out with people who didn't. I stared at him. What? What the hell does that mean? Since when is this such a big deal? I turned to Rebecca. You remember, don't you? That whole exchange with your sister about oranges versus beets on Saturday night? She kept her eyes on her water and didn't reply. Connor stood and approached me with menace. Look, man, you've been a good friend for a long time, but you're going to have to cut this shit out if you want to keep hanging out with us, okay? Was he serious? How could he possibly be serious about that? I looked to Rebecca and Dan, but neither one met my confused gaze. Uh, I was just joking. I finally told Connor. You know... I'm messing with you guys. His face immediately lit up. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got me good, man. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? I laughed with him, secretly terrified, though. Rebecca and Dan finally looked up, relieved, and the mood immediately went back to happy and carefree. I hung out and pretended to be normal until everyone finally went to bed. Rebecca in her room downstairs and Dan and Connor in the hallway next to my room before I finally had a chance to investigate. For the first time in months, I closed and locked my door. But the wonderful atmosphere that our houseful of friends had started with was now one of fear and suspicion. I sat in the dark in front of my computer and began to scour the internet in search for answers. I'd seen enough science fiction to hazard a few guesses. Was I in the wrong reality somehow? Was my timeline changing for some reason? I didn't know enough particulars about history to see if anything was different on Wikipedia. No, this was my room. My credit card worked and my social security number was correct. If reality or time had changed in even the slightest way... Those randomly generated numbers would have been different. This was my world, just changing for some reason. And because of that small and utterly inconsequential change, my home life and friends group were on the line. Was I going crazy? The only conclusion left was that I was the problem. Something was wrong with my memory or belief that had left me at odds with the ones I cared about. Just then, as I sat in the dark, I heard my doorknob turn and failed to open since i locked it. Someone had just tried to come into my room, and something told me that it wasn't for cuddling. It had been a subtle and stealthy attempt. On a horrified hunch, I quickly and quietly opened my window and slid out into the night. Five houses down, I saw a roof ablaze. Someone's house was on fire. What the hell was happening? But I couldn't worry about that at that particular moment. Peering in another window, I saw a silhouette of a darker darkness move near a gleam of metal. Someone had just tried to come into my room with a knife the silhouette disappeared into deeper shadow leaving me with no identity beyond the fact that it had to have been one of my roommates how in the ever blazing hell had a like or dislike of oranges come to such a point this was not normal this was not natural crouched out there in the chilly night Illuminated only by the house fire five lots distant, I was forced to face the only conclusion left. Something supernatural was going on here. As soon as I truly entertained that notion, the firelit darkness felt suddenly far less solitary. Were there eyes upon me? Was something watching me even then... I found it hard to believe that hating oranges was the primary goal of whatever was happening. Rather, just the side effect of a slowly creeping insanity or possession of some sort. There was nothing to do about it at that particular moment. I didn't feel safe outside, but I didn't feel safe back in my room either. I barricaded the door and windows and found the only least satisfying half-awake form of sleep. In that odd mix of dreaming and waking, images of diseased fruit tortured my awareness. G'day, mates. So, I just wanted to take a quick break before the second half of the story to thank all of you guys for listening to Be Scared. If you're a new listener, welcome to The Hive. And if you're a long-time fan, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you could please take a moment to do me a favour to rate and review the show, that would be a huge help. And if you have any stories that you would like to submit for future episodes, you can send them to my email at bish.buster at gmail.com. That's B-I-S-H dot at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and without further ado, here's the rest of the story. I didn't get a chance to catch Rebecca alone until Wednesday. She was the first one to show up at the bar that evening, like Dan had been on Monday, but she seemed uncomfortable and apprehensive. After she looked over her shoulder for the third time at the entrance to the bar, I asked quietly, Hey, are you afraid too? Her gaze spoke volumes. She bit her lip, looked at the door again, and then told me, Just... Stop screwing around with the oranges thing, alright? Well, what is the oranges thing? I demanded in a whisper. What's going on? Half panicked at my question. She insisted. Just tell them that you hate oranges, alright? Just freaking tell them that you hate oranges. Stop asking about it. Stop poking at it. I like my life. I like you guys. I like my house. Just stop disturbing everything. I grabbed her hand as it lay on the table between us. Listen, I just want to understand. Where did this hatred for oranges even come from? What's going on that's making our roommates act like this? She finally looked at me in the eyes and I saw a bloodshot exhaustion there. Wait, I whispered. Have you been sleeping poorly too? bad dreams? Her eyes opened a little wider and she went to speak, but she saw someone come in the back door of the bar and quickly pulled her hand away from mine. Connor fell upon me rather forcefully from behind, but only to wrap his arm around my shoulder and neck. Ah, what are you two lovebirds up to? He knew that we weren't a thing anymore. So, what was his problem? Following the cue from Rebecca's masked terror, I said, Just talking about how much we hate oranges, bro. Connor jerked his neck toward her. Is that so, Rebecca? She didn't speak. She just forced a smile and nodded weakly. Awesome, awesome, he said with genuine relief. He let go of me and sat between us. I knew you two would come around. Dan arrived soon after, complaining of a vendor selling oranges that he'd seen on the way over. I'm telling you, it was the grossest pile of disease you've ever seen. He shuddered. I looked to Rebecca, but she silently warned me to just go with it. And I did. For the next hour, I carefully observed Dan and Connor, trying to figure out what was going on with them. It wasn't until I went up to the bar to get Rebecca and myself more drinks that I saw something that chilled my soul. A girl took a picture of three of her friends to my left. The angle was such that my table was in the background. While waiting for the drinks, I happened to glance at her phone. My table was indeed in the background. There was Rebecca. There was Dan. There was Connor. And someone else. I only saw her phone for an instant before she turned away, but I was certain enough to surreptitiously turn around and pretend that I was texting while I angled my camera up to my friends. And there, among the crowd of patrons of the bar, and shown only in choppy frame-by-frame rendering, was the shadow of a person bent down near Connor's ear. As I stared at my phone in paralyzed terror, that shadowy head tilted up, as if... It was looking at me with concern. Rather than react and give myself away, I shouted to my friends. Hey, picture time! The silhouette turned a half-step and vanished as if a gust of wind had dissipated in one fell swoop. My friends smiled and made faces. The flash irritated a few surrounding patrons, but I'd gotten away with it. And there was something among us. Holy shit. A literal shadow whispering in Connor's ear. Murmuring insidious words of hatred, no doubt. But why oranges? That Wednesday night at 8.42pm, Eastern Standard Time. A runaway car crashed into the front of the bar, smashing all the windows and killing woman. I know the exact time because the police forced us to all give statements before we could go. We'd been across the entire bar and had only seen the aftermath, really, but I was pretty unhelpful. All I could think about was the shadow lurking among us. As the Uber pulled onto the street that night, I absently studied the blackened shell of the houses that had caught on fire five lots down. It was still smouldering, and it looked like nobody had come to put it out. In fact, it looked like nobody lived there at all. Looking left and right, I noticed that half the houses on our street had no cars in their driveways. We weren't so fancy as to have garages. Was the lurking shadow driving people away too? Why hadn't anyone said anything? Were they even conscious of the shift in the tone of our community? It had been the best time of my life until suddenly... Neighbors were getting in fistfights in broad daylight. My roommates had developed a random weird hatred and houses were burning down without anyone calling the fire department. We sat in silence around the kitchen table for at least ten minutes. Shaken by the car crash that had killed someone across the bar, Rebecca finally spoke. She murmured, You know, I hate oranges too. Dan and Connor moved to her and hugged her tight. It's alright. You're one of us. We'll always be here for you. As they held her, they glanced at me a few times and I joined the huddle to avoid starting another fight. I wondered if the shadow was there with us, embracing us the way that we were embracing Rebecca. I could even feel the issue clouding my mind. Did... Did I hate oranges too? I mean, everyone else did. And those pictures of diseased oranges were disgusting. Had I really liked orange slices with my beer this whole last year? If I had, I might have just been horribly mistaken. Misled. Even by beer advertisements. Those ads never said anything about the diseases oranges could catch. That was odd, wasn't it? It was like they didn't want me to know. It would hurt their sales for me to know. These thoughts plagued me that night and all the next day. At work on Thursday, while my co-workers randomly cried in their cubicles or had hushed discussions that broke up as soon as a manager neared... I sat on my computer and researched paranormal possessions and hauntings. One of the things that I learned was that demonic beings, that is, entities from a religious sphere of ideas, hated signs of God and good, and tried to get those that they were trying to possess to destroy crosses and pour out holy water and the like. And that did make some sense. But if the being haunted my friends, my house, and my street was... Not from the religious sphere, but perhaps a different space? What if oranges were a representation of the things that made it vulnerable? If this was some sort of anti-nature spirit, maybe it was pouring hatred of oranges into my community because oranges could drive it away. But that was crazy. (laughs) I actually laughed out loud in my cubicle as I internalised the idea... And one of my crying co-workers looked at me like I was a monster. Oh, sorry. I told her, grimacing awkwardly. I was was just thinking about something else. She glared and rotated away in her chair. Thursday night wasn't one of our usual bar nights, so I was at home when Rebecca's older sister, Shannon, stopped by. It was for something trivial, but on the way out, I caught her on the porch. I needed reassurance. Hey, Shannon, you remember that whole conversation about oranges versus beets last Saturday? She rolled her eyes. Yeah? What about it? I gulped. So that did happen? Uh, yeah. And Connor and I have been joking about orange slices for the last year? Narrowing her eyes, she said. Uh, yes? Why? Uh, uh, I don't know. I told her truthfully. I'm just... I'm starting to doubt myself. And I had to be sure. She scrolled through Facebook on her phone and then showed me a picture. Look, it's the two of you on his 21st birthday last year, when I was designated the driver, as usual. In the picture... We were both holding our beers forward, orange slices on full display. The hot girl who had sparked the entire tradition was sitting next to Connor, exactly like I remembered too. It's real. I looked up at her. How do you feel about oranges? She grimaced, but not out of disgust. What? why? They taste alright, I guess. No, seriously. What's your opinion on oranges? Beyond just whether you personally like their taste or not. Neutral? She replied. I literally don't care. Why would anyone have an opinion on oranges unless they're like a botanist or a farmer or something? That was an incredible point, actually. Yeah, I wish I knew. As she turned to leave, we began to hear a commotion at the end of the street closer to the campus. We were only a few blocks away from the campus and still close enough that the street vendors often passed this way. When I saw an older man pushing a cart of oranges, being surrounded by a group of my peers shouting profanities, I knew exactly what was happening and I could see Dan and Connor among them. Rebecca came out onto the porch at hearing the violent shouting. And the three of us stood staring at the mob. Began to push at the unfortunate card owner. We started running toward the fray after Dan sent a wild punch and the man fell. The mob was screaming with furious bloodlust and stomping en masse by the time that we got there. But the card owner was fine. If shaken a bit. The mob was stomping his oranges. It was some... Eerie, otherworldly version of a group murder. Bits of orange peel flew this way and that way with the force of the stomping below, and the fruit juice splattered across clothes in every direction. The gore would have been vomit inducing had it been human. As it was, I was still mortified by what was happening. These people, my friends and neighbors, had become rabid animals full of irrational hate. Shannon looked at me, confused. I shook my head. I had no idea. But Rebecca, terrified as she was, chose to join in. Running forward, she started screaming profanities and stomping on the last of the oranges while the others began cheering. Soon, they would notice that we had not joined in. Ah, Shannon... "'You better go.' "'She took my advice immediately "'and began walking away toward her car. "'Covered in the juice blood of his victims, "'Connor glared at me with the eyes of a devil. "'Why aren't you helping?' "Uh, "'I got here too late.' "'I lied, lamely. "'Dan, his gaze red with anger, fixated on me as well. "'Well, there's one left.' He held his arms out. Everybody, leave that one. He pointed down. Come on. I needed to buy some time for Shannon to escape, but I also knew that I had to live with and sleep near these people. The thought of that silhouette with the knife promised no good end for anyone that defied the group. It might not have been the shadow itself that picked up the knife, but it also could have been. The card owner looked at me in terror from down on the sidewalk as I approached his last orange. Please, no. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I just sell oranges. Please, no. I closed my eyes and stopped. The orange splattered under my shoe and arms grasped me from every angle as my neighbours jeered and cheered. I opened my eyes and shook with shame as the card owner got up and ran off. Dan lit a match and set the wooden card on fire while the others began dancing. I had no choice but to just dance with them. They wouldn't let go of me. They shook me and made me chant with them and tested me constantly to make sure that I wasn't faking. To get through it, I had to temporarily convince myself that they were right and that Oranges were an abomination. To get through it, I had to give up a part of myself. And after, I returned to my room, locked the door, and sat crying under my computer table. But then, I got angry. I got mad. I was not going to let my community be consumed by this madness, that the entity whispering in our ears would pay. I was a man for fuck's sake, no longer a boy, and I didn't have to grin and bear it. These people weren't my parents. I got in my car and drove the way the card owner had gone. I found him five blocks down, forlorn and sitting at a city bus stop. He began to panic as he saw me, but I held my hands peacefully and asked him a question that immediately changed his mood. I didn't make enough to save any money, but I had a credit card. I bought the entire rest of his inventory and took it all home with me. When the crates didn't fit, I just plain dumped the oranges in my trunk and back seat. My car would smell like fruit for months, I was sure, but this had to be done. When Dan got home that night, I caught him behind the front door and held a knife to his throat. Sit down, I directed, tying him up on a chair in the kitchen. He shouted when Connor got home, but it was too late. I put Connor in a chair too and tied him up. Then I stuffed clean socks in their mouth so they wouldn't warn Rebecca. I didn't grab her. I didn't tie her up. I simply held the knife and said, ''Sit.'' She nervously took the third chair. I'd thrown the oranges from my car all about the kitchen, but they were on the table, on the floor, in the sink... I picked one at random, peeled the skin off and held it in front of Connor. Eat it. Why don't you make me? He spat. I won't, I told him. But I also won't let you out of this chair until you take a bite of the fucking orange. They're disgusting. We used to eat them all the time. That didn't happen. It did. I showed him the picture on my phone of his birthday the year before. He frowned. Is that photoshopped? It happened. I screamed in his face. Eat the orange. He pulled his head away. They're the highest carriers of disease among all. Yes, yes, I know the sound bite. I yelled. It's wrong. Those diseases aren't dangerous to humans. And this orange isn't diseased. Eat the orange. But we hate oranges. Connor insisted, indignant. Right, guys? Dan bit down on the sock in his mouth. Hmm. Connor looked at Rebecca. About to cry, she hid her face and didn't respond. Connor seemed more shaken after that. After gulping down on hesitation, he warily took a bite from the orange. Then he blinked. Oh, it's fine. Dan seemed surprised, and Rebecca just cried harder. I pulled the sock out of Dan's mouth and held the other side of the orange. Try it. If you hate it, that's fine. I'll let you go either way, but just try it, okay? Seeing Connor break, Dan hesitantly tried to bite, and then pushed back in his chair. That doesn't taste like I remember. I... I swear it used to have a horrible antiseptic taste. No, I told him. Our heads are being messed with. We just attacked a street vendor and stomped on his oranges because we've been worked up into a frenzy of hate. Does that make any sense to you objectively? Blinking as if waking up from a dream, Dan began to look horrified. Oh, shit. We did do that, didn't we? What were we thinking? Connor looked up at me with the same guilt. Oh, man. I... He cut off as his eyes jumped to something behind me. That warning gave me just enough time to shift to the side. The knife went into my left shoulder and I slipped on rolling oranges and fell to the floor on top of a splatter of my own blood. Uh, Above me, I could see a knife dripping with red and the shadow of a man behind it. Its hollow eyes were red. Dan and Connor began screaming and fighting their bonds as the shadow stepped near but I tied them in too well. The shadow's red eyes moved from me to their squirming bodies as if it was deciding which of us to kill first. It moved to stab me, but Rebecca leapt against it, and a piece of the shadow tore out where she passed. It screamed in pain, dropped the bloody knife, and grasped at the hole that she'd made. Darkness sifted out of its wounds like black sand falling from a sideways hourglass. It flared its red eyes, hissed with venom, and then vanished. It had gone. The demon that had been among us and whispering in our ears all week had finally gone. We all remained frozen in shock for 30 seconds before Dan snapped out of it and said loudly, Would someone please untie me already? We did, and then we patched up my arm. As a group, we didn't know what else to do. So, we sat at our regular table at the bar. It was early on a Thursday, so a few other people were there. We didn't get blue moons, but not because we hated oranges. No, our house was full of hundreds of the fruit, and would smell like it forever. I can't believe that it almost got us to go from loving oranges to hating them in less than a week. Connor murmured, sadly. Crouched over his drink. I shook my head. Yeah, I even doubted myself there for a minute. I did things that I'm not proud of. Dan looked up at us. What even hurt it? Why did being made of hate get wounded by Rebecca just moving through it? She looked at me and I looked at her. We both looked back down at our beers... She hadn't just moved through it. She jumped at it because of me. We both knew the answer, but that one was private. Near us, an older regular was watching a television above the bar. He sneered. Man, I'll tell you what's wrong with this country. I hate... The four of us shouted in unison. He jumped in his chair and looked over at us. Don't. I told him calmly and... Sadly, please just don't. He watched us for a moment, then, subtly embarrassed, he gave a slow, haunted nod and then turned back to his drink. G'day, mates. It's B Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality.